Part one of an exclusive interview with Brad Wright and Robert Cooper on GateWorld.net. What is your overall opinion of uh, season eight now that it's in the history books? Season eight? Uh -huh. Well, I don't remember it as a blur. <laughs> well, let me just say that the second half, especially Reckoning through Mobius, is fantastic. Thanks. We love it. We're. I'll tell you, we felt like we ended the show. I mean, we felt like it was closing of a chapter on Stargate as you want. In fact, ended it three times even before that. But this was the real end. Yeah. And in, and, and in fact, so much so that <clears throat> in discussing whether we were going to come back and do uh, SG-1 Season 9 or a new show or whatever, we basically, and, and the decision was made to do Season 9, uh, we decided that regardless of, of, of the fact that we are continuing the same series, we're, we're done ending things. We're not going to write another season that leads up to another ending. It's over. That's over. Ending the show is over. Because, quite frankly, it seems as though the show will never end. Um, so instead, what we said was we're going to start beginning again. And, and this this new season, uh, season nine, uh, is much more about opening all kinds of new doors and starting fresh. Not just with characters, but with the storylines and the villains and... Well, the, the truth is it had to be done anyway um, because uh, the ghouls are defeated and because uh, uh, there have been some big cast changes. Mm -hmm. there, there's a certain point at which, yes, for, for, for um, really uh, devout fans who followed the show from the beginning, uh, Reckoning and, and uh, uh, Threads and, and Mobius really paid off a lot of things for the characters and, and for the plots and made you feel like we were watching the show for so long was really a satisfying experience because all these things are coming to a nice head and culminating. But also season eight, again, I think if there was anything wrong with it is that it was a little bogged down in all the wrapping up and in, in having to serve a storylines that had come from before and kind of in some ways alienated new audience who may have been coming to the network uh, sci-fi to watch Atlantis for the first time, watch tuning into SG-1 and going, huh, what's going on? Who are those people? Why is this? What's this story? And you couldn't do a long enough previously on at the beginning of every show to to explain to new viewers what was happening in this particular episode. And you be getting longer and longer. Well, you're paying off stuff that was set up two years ago. Uh, and so season nine has been, I think, invigorating creatively and also very liberating because we're not having to worry about so much backstory and, and uh, servicing those storylines and wrapping things up. I mean, we're still going to obviously pay close attention to what came before. We're still Stargate SG-1. Mm -hmm. No, what it is. It is, but it's it also very much a new series. It has a new, it has a whole new dynamic. There's a new enemy. Uh, the team's uh, got new characters and has been uh, uh, reinvigorated in that sense. And Robert wrote a fabulous script in um, Origin Part 1 and 2 that, uh, Avalon Part 1 and 2, and, and then Origin, which is almost a, a three-part pilot 
that um, that uh, that says, okay, here's here's the, where we're going from here. Like a lot of people, I think, felt <coughs> even though even more successful episodes of season eight, that there was still a little bit of a maybe a been there, done that feeling and attitude from from the team, you know, when we could afford to get them together in the same scene. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's that little bit of, you know, it's almost old hat to them. Yes, and and the new characters uh, have bring bring to uh, the table a whole new energy, a freshness in the way they look at things. The fact that we're introducing new villains gives them something new to react mm -hmm. to, even the old characters, uh, Daniel and Kiel, and. Um, what I think worked for a lot of fans in season one of Atlantis, which is new team, new adventures, fresh attitude towards those things they're seeing, is going to be you know present in spades in season mm -hmm. one. Tell us a little bit about how you guys, as writers, approach this. Is it is it just a lot of fun to have new toys in the toy box to play with? Well, keep in mind first we have to make up the toys. <laughs> and, and, and that's tough. I mean, uh, Robert did uh, uh, did a lot of thinking um, about what this new uh, enemy could be, and we talked for at length uh, because uh, you have to, in creating a, a new paradigm, which is what we've been talking about, what the new season is, is uh, is creating a model that will have legs that that will by itself spawns story, you know? It, it's, that's what Atlantis did well in that it, we created a universe wherein multiple storylines could be born and take place and, and spread and grow. And, um, and, and those are the lessons we learned building SG-1 in the first place. Um, while it started with mythology as, as its root, very early on by, by midway through season three and beginning of season four, we had created enough of our own mythology to spawn that, that wasn't rooted in, you know, the culture of X and, you know. Oh my goodness. Is it an helicopter? It's really low. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was just making sure that they were on the tape. Um, you know, like the, 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 the other thing is to find something that doesn't feel like it's coming from left field, that is rooted in the things that we've already established, but also feels, uh, see, Coda's studio executive term, very organic to the series, that, that is, uh, you know, part of, of, of what feels like uh, Stargate. Um, and what is Stargate, to, to, to us, what is Stargate, well, it's kind of a twist on sort of a well-known Earth, popular Earth mythology, uh, you know, with, with Atlantis. We took the, the Simpson of Atlantis and put our Stargate twist on it. And, and um, you know, and we, we've always sort of talked about um, trying to understand the ancients and, and who, who they are and what the, how did they build the gates and when did they build the gates. And, and uh, Atlantis was, where did they go? And we were searching for them, and, and we found where they, you know, where they went. <coughs> and then we started spinning. Well, what if, you know, the Milky Way and Earth wasn't the first place they 
evolved? What if they came from somewhere else? And we could go back and sort of, we've done where they went, now let's go through where they came from. But the most in, the most intriguing thing, I think, about what Robert came up with in the ORI and what we spun from it is, is that it's very much still in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, the overriding theme of Stargate, and that is, uh, you know, aliens playing gods and, 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 and false gods and, and, and the, and the relationship between aliens as gods and, and, you know, ordinary human folk, poor humans in the galaxy. And, and the beautiful, the fun dynamic of, of, these original ancients that we call the Ori. Do you want to give this away? It's just a matter of time. Is that um, everybody on the web seems to guess this? Yeah. They, they, uh, these are agents, agents, <laughs> ancient. Fifteen percent of it. Who, who don't? <laughs> unlike our ancients in our galaxy who have ascended, and 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 have decided. No, we can't interfere because if we interfere, then we are playing God, and 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 we aren't there yet. Prime directive. Prime directive, essentially. These ancient of this other galaxy don't believe that. They think it's wrong not to interfere, or maybe that was their original thought. And so what we what we realized is that the the humans in this galaxy have proof of God. These these beings are behaving like gods because, well, they are indistinguishable from gods. And the, they're, in their minds, being benevolent because they're offering all the knowledge of the universe and how to get to be what we are. We're going to help you. We're going to bring you on the path to enlightenment so that you can come and join us. There's a twist, though, and we're we not going to reveal that part, but there's a, a real sinister evil quality to what they're doing and why. Because power corrupts. So there's a catch. There's a catch. There's a big catch. Well, the obvious catch that, that, that is revealed early in the, in the season nine is that if you don't believe, they, just, they kill you, basically. Uh, there's, a, there's a catch to believing as well, and that, that, that gets revealed much later on. And, and uh, by the way, just, uh, just you need to officially, you know, get out there and explain that it's aura, not ori, and not oreo. It's O R I, it's kind of stunning. Yeah. And it's yeah. pronounced Ori. Mm -hmm. Who decided Ori? Who decided on that? <laughs> well, it's origin. It's like originally had the, the idea was the origin of the ancients. And then I sort of looked at the root of origin, you know, and, and so I thought, you know, the Ori, they invented the word origin, which is the religion that follows the Ori. So that's what I Atlantic season one, in retrospect. Is it everything that you had hoped it would be? Well, it, it got to where we wanted it to be. It, it, um, it, you, you always, unfortunately, feel like you're apologizing for and saying under the circumstances. Because when you go back to when we were actually picked up and how late in the game that was and how little time we actually had between the start. I mean, it started, I think, we, we you know, the pilot, I think, is, is great. We put a lot of energy into that. And we, we, by the way, were writing it and, and building the sets at the same time and casting it before we even finished it. But then that little sketch after the pilot is where you're really struggling to try and find the show in terms of a, a lot you know, the, the actors and the you know, characters and the storyline. And, and we, frankly, monthly didn't have enough money to do the show that we were trying to do. 
And yeah. once that became obvious, you say, and then when we aired well, our begging finally, mm -hmm. you know, the best part oh, okay. so we've already done a stretch of shows. So for me, uh, the show uh, struggled creatively um, because it wasn't Atlantis until we could, until the storm in the eye and then we could show the city in it and, and all its glory. And, and, then, and then from then, I think that back half of the season. And, and by the way, if you're saying the second half of the season is season eight of SG1, it was equally encumbered financially. Uh, the Canadian dollar hurt us, and mm -hmm. we um, we were with this, uh, and MGM has been very supportive. But it's very hard for for uh, for them to understand that the real difference that a thirty percent swing in the Canadian dollar has on our on screen uh, on what we can put on screen. It's, and it's enormous. And quite frankly, you know. SG1 has caught, I think, everyone by surprise. Yeah. That's worth the, the studio. I mean, there's a certain amount. I mean, if you have an investment and you sort of see a finite end to that, you, you're sort of, you know, hesitant to, to go. Continue to pour money into it. Yeah, pour yeah. money into it. You figure, well, it's going to be over. We've gotten, we've gotten what we can out of this. They have underestimated, you know, all the way along what they can get out of it. And, and I think this year is going to be evidence that, that they've finally seen the light, that, you know, we're well, spending a fortune off the top of this season. And, and oh, well, the fact that we have uh, the likes of Bo Bridges and, and Lou Gossett Jr. and Ben Browder and, and Mitch Pelleggi uh, joining the show as Claudia Black, yeah. uh, th these are indications that, uh, that the world is going, hey, this is a good show. Well, they don't know we're in season nine. They just, some, some people are just finding it now, and, and, and I think the fact that DVDs uh, exist have made it possible for people to go, this is cool, how do I catch up? Well, you just go buy the DVDs and catch up. Yeah. And the fact that sci-fi is airing, yeah. you start getting a few on every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I, I, and I hate to be blunt, and, 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 but, and, uh, but I, I, I don't mind the message getting out there that, that science fiction is expensive and, and and the biggest burden we had last year was we were trying to uh, we were trying to do two enormous things, end the series <laughs> that wasn't going to end, and start a new one with limited resources. So when we finally did get a little more money, I think it shows on the screen. I don't know if you saw Siege uh, oh, Two. Yeah, Baghdad. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah, we we uh, spent some money, and I, <laughs> I and I hate to say it, it isn't that much more. It isn't that much more, but. It costs this much to turn up to, to, to open the front door. You know, it costs X to open the front door. Mm -hmm. Anything on top of that is, is, is where you get your production values. And man, just we, we were at the point halfway through the season where in Atlantis we, we'd say, well, they look out the window. Well, that's going to cost X. We have to cut the window. And then you've got these rooms that have no windows, and they're supposed to be this majestic city. And you're really in closet after closet after closet. And, you know, I hate to diss the show. Maybe in some ways, but uh, it was frustrating. Gateworld.net, your complete guide to Stargate. Wormhole disengaged.